Hi, and welcome to the Tomato Timer, a podcast about learning to learn. I'm Zubair from Xenos, and I'm tuning in live with experts from around the world, asking your questions and hearing their stories. All before the timer goes off. 24 minutes and 39 seconds to go. Good morning, and welcome back to the Tomato Timer. Uh, our show has had a bit of a hiatus as we went off for summer break, but I'm excited to bring back episode 52, where we're going to dive into financial literacy and education with two awesome guests. We have Dr. Muna, who holds a PhD in Islamic finance from, from Durham, as well as an MA in investment finance from Hull. And she has over 20 years of experience in the field of finance and regulatory compliance from the private sector to semi-government. Shara holds a bachelor's in law and a master's in Islamic finance practice with more than 10 years of experience in the legal and financial fields. And she received national recognition for outstanding contributions of female to develop the Islamic finance industry in the Maldives. It's really, really good to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Um, Shira, I'd like to start with you because you both came together when you launched Five & Co. So I'd like to understand a little bit more about what it does and, and what led you to, to come up with it. Okay. So early in my career, I, I was in charge with a debt recovery departments of uh, some of the major banks um, in Maldives. So I got mm -hmm. to meet all uh, different types of people at different stages of their lives. And uh, some of them were in their early 20s, others in their uh, 60s and 70s. Um, so I got to see firsthand how uh, bad financial decision making actually affects their lives. But it's not just their lives uh, that's affected even. Uh, they, they can break down their whole family with it. So I was always very interested in teaching myself and my son uh, how not to make a bad financial decision. So uh, this is where, where the, this is all started. So when uh, I came to know that um, uh, the, son, the school that my son was attending, they, uh, they started a financial literacy program. So I went and I met with the principal. He's, uh, he's actually a very visionary person. He's very into the 21st century skills. Um, so we clicked uh, immediately. We started talking about uh, what should be covered and uh, what's, what they are already doing uh, uh, in, in their financial literacy program. And I came to know that uh, there were um, a lot of aspects that is needed, but it's not there. Mm -hmm. So after a couple of meetings, uh, uh, I just proposed a, uh, an entirely new thing uh, that uh, sort of covered everything uh, in relation to personal wealth management, starting from wealth creation to wealth distribution. And uh, we also was very, uh, uh, we, we talked a lot about um, what the Gen Z is facing and what they will be facing in their career development and all those things. So we thought it should include uh, growth mindset, uh, sustainable development goals and, you know, all, all those areas. So uh, it was also around the time that I joined Gateway. Um, yeah. uh, and it's where I met uh, Muna. So I mentioned about this project with her and she was really interested in it too. And uh, uh, she uh, she sort of uh, did her magic and turned the whole thing into an, an externally endorsed program, and that's the birth of Five and Co. Uh, she brings in a very different perspective uh, from what where I am coming from, but it's very relevant to um, young adults. Uh, so, when uh, I should uh, explain why? Uh... Um, yeah, yeah. My side is different, and it's not. A, it's a side where not everybody looks, say, thinks that they also that they might need it. Um, it's more personal, 
And it's, it's mainly two things. The first was one uh, experiences when my son and his cousins had to, they were at an age where they had to make their decision and decide what they wanted to do. And when we asked the question, what do you want to do? Is like the answer, one of the answers was what makes money? So it was an, 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 a question um, answer, sort of question answered by another question. And to answer the first, how can I make a decision when I know very little or have very little experience? And the other thing is uh, for them to answer the second, uh, would you, um, what do you need the money for? Uh, so you're talking here about freedom in, fin in decision making and yeah. being financially free and financial and decision making where your parents uh, might have an influence. And sometimes it's others that can make the decision for you disregarding your kid, uh, taking into consideration your capabilities or your interest yeah. because you're in it at a stage where you can't make this decision. And then have they thought when they say what makes money, what are they actually seeking? I mean, what are they seeking short term, medium term, long term? And that took me back to a, a very scary time of my life when I, a time when I had to make such a decision, I could feel that time. And then think, how can we avoid such difficult confrontations? Uh, the second is, Although I live in a region where economically they're better, uh, we are better uh, than many of the other countries around us, mm -hmm. personal debt is very high. And it's not student loan. It's okay. more of a lifestyle be living beyond your means. Yeah. And uh, that is uh, dependent on others. So it, this is unfortunate that nearly everything is put towards consuming and very little towards being productive and innovative. So something need to, so I thought something needs to be done uh, to help reduce such confrontation at that stage of your life yes. and be able to make a decision that will have positive impact on your uh, financial well-being going forward, but at the same time, not only benefiting yourself, but benefiting others also around you. And then another thing is while I was working in the, uh, in the financial sector, and mostly I worked in the regulation and governance and compliance you from experience you can put regulations set yeah. them in place and try to implement them but then how effective this implementation uh depends on the attitude and approach of those mm -hmm. involved foster the decision makers of those institutions and you're talking about attitude their mindset and that doesn't happen overnight so uh with the personal family experience i felt that we need to look at the solution from a long-term perspective of course. And our financial behavior and required mindset and attitude starts at a very at an age earlier than we think, uh, because everybody thinks so we can learn it later on in life. But but once you get to even to your teens, you've already established and set precedents of how you think, how you behave, your characters, your personality has already been developed, and that can have effect on your uh, decision making. So while thinking of what ways and how, I came across Sharihath, who had similar interest, and we both were consultants at uh, Gateway Global, and that's where we met, and things took off from there. And after the, once the program was introduced, we then established Hype & Co. Amazing. Well, I can definitely attest to the fact that um, uh, our, our, our financial kind of uh, decision-making and patterns tend to come up very, very early. I, I think I, I can I can tell you that my the way I behave with money and, and dealt with, deal with stuff is how I saw my my parents dealing with it. Um, and mm -hmm. unfortunately, if, if things aren't done uh, in that in your family or if there are, if there are, you know bad habits coming through, that can can really make a big uh, impact on your life. And second part is at school we we have 
carefully tiptoed around the problem of how uh, money works. Uh, we talk mm -hmm. about economics, we talk about all these abstract concepts, but never come back down to the fact that, hey, I'm going to go into this world, make money, earn, spend, um, take loans, do whatever I need to do. But how does that exactly work? How am I going to do this in the most, um, I guess, the most considerate and most uh, effective way? Um, so I can I can definitely uh, see this these challenges. I've felt them myself, and I've, uh, in some ways, I've had to figure it out uh, in the last few years as I went through school, through university, and now uh, now kind of independently uh, trying to sustain myself. Um, so I, I want to kind of dive into that a little bit more. So you mentioned some of the challenges, and where within the education system, where do you see that the biggest kind of holes left that that we we need to address so i appreciate that your your program is, is is kind of is adding on to the to the school curriculum is this something that should be developed within the curricular um, national curriculum systems or or, or how, how do you see uh, the future looking like in our education system to address these problems um i i'll i'll, I'll direct it to dr Mun and, and share if you'd like to contribute that else, that's fine as well it's but, but i mean the thing is it's not the issue right now is that it's not considered as an uh, as an important 21st century skill. Not mm. well. Recently, there is you've seen some sort of people talk about it, and there's an interest, but it hasn't developed an interest where you could see, uh, see to the extent that it can be part of the curriculum or part of your day active school day. It's mainly it's like it's a side project, side activity, side program. We would like it to be. Uh, um, embedded into the curriculum or the, within your school day because yeah. it it's a skill that you need today in today's different uh, uh, way in life because you're totally you're talking about a totally different environment than when the actual curriculum that we are familiar now was set now you're, yeah we're in an environment where it's more high tech uh, AI you're talking about artificial intelligence and so forth and knowledge is easily obtainable from the web these days mm -hmm. so yet Behavior and attitudes are embedded skills that you need to also work on and to be able to cater for your decision making that would have a positive effect on your financial life and your well-being. Um, that's that's one issue the, to sort of get them to see its importance. The other is um, they don't see it's relevant to start at a young age. They, they, they are, they, this, this question is that what can they learn at that age? Mm. And it's it, no, they can actually learn more if they to start at an at a, uh, early age. Because decisions you make will affect your, um, your sort of uh, your, your life and your sort of your well-being later on in life. But and the way you make these decisions are based on your attitudes and behavior that you've developed, acquired, acquired yeah. towards how you make your decisions. Absolutely. And so it's just like how we teach that we try to teach kids problem solving skills at an mm -hmm. early age. We can do that work on their attitudes and behavior also from an early age, like do, do I buy it now or later? Do I need it? Uh, can I wait and, uh, for a late, for, to buy it later? Why do I need it? Yeah. Are there any suitable uh, substitutes? Uh, what is it? What else is available? A way of thinking that will have an impact on the financial behavior so that uh, that uh, will affect us as we get older and later on i mean and you can also introduce terms like savings and uh spending and as they get older you then introduce the more technical terms that they would be um uh be able to handle mm -hmm. so it's not necessarily because uh, you develop you see it's awareness is a first step but it doesn't get you there it only starts you yeah. it's not about how much money i make or how I will make that money. It's about the ability to control 
maintain and grow that money because I can't have the money, but then I can spend it in a second and, yeah, and it's all gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I can't hold myself from buying to wait and waiting, uh, wait, buying now and wait to, to buy it later or save for a later plan or, mm -hmm. or plan for it. So that, that's the main issue is to be able to sustain it. And a lot of the, what you see now, even the research and the studies they do, they have noticed that the knowledge of uh, financial literacy awareness can start to, is, I mean, is increasing, but implementation and positive effect is not as increasing in, in same, the same proportion. Yeah. Um, I actually, this is a little bit of a tangent, but from one of the kind of uh, uh, the, the frameworks that are being set up by the United Nations and the World Economic Forum regarding what are the key curricular uh, skills that need to be developed for the 21st century, which include things like problem solving and creative creative thinking, but also uh, entrepreneurial thinking. Um, I, I've noted that there is not as much weight given to financial literacy. And just mm -hmm. speaking as an entrepreneur, one thing that um, that I, I'm sure a, a very common kind of a, a con concept is that most startups go bust because of their cash flow. And mm -hmm. the reason is because many of us uh, from a young age, especially for young entrepreneurs, we don't know how to deal with money, how to budget, how to uh, kind of make sure that things are going in the right direction. And, and oftentimes you're, it's not really about whether you will get money or not get money, but actually how you control the expenditure, right? Mm -hmm. Cash flow is all about uh, managing uh, when and what will be spent at what period of time. So mm -hmm. I can I can also share that that from if we want to head towards a, a part of our a, a, or a, an economy where we are ex kind of encouraging entrepreneurial mindset mm -hmm. and increasing the number of startups being developed, but also we're looking at the the growth of the gig and freelancer economy, and mm -hmm. these especially these kind of um, these economies will require a much higher degree of financial literacy for the people involved because you are no longer under a safety net. You don't have a pension. You don't have uh, a, an, a company or an organization providing you allowance for certain expenditures. Um, and you don't have that kind of safety. And so it's so much more critical for you to have all the knowledge and be even more vigilant about your spending. Um, mm -hmm. Sorry, I would like to direct that question back to Shara as well. Um, and then we can also get into a little bit more of a specific problem that young people face. But any other kind of um, feedback on that, Shara, on, on terms of the education system and any any changes you you wish to see? Oh, um, the thing with the uh, education system is that um, uh, the world is changing at a very fast pace. So you cannot expect um, education system or those involved in the education sector mm -hmm. to keep up with it. So mm -hmm. if you want to be relevant uh, to the uh, to the changes that's that's happening in the world right now then yeah. you have to take advantage of the education system. Plus, uh, you also have to develop yourself, um, work on it on yourself uh, to be relevant. So it, you, you can't, uh, you can't uh, keep on saying, okay, these are the things that's uh, missing in the education system. For example, the, with me and Muna, um, we know that the education system isn't, uh, I mean, financial literacy isn't really, uh, a, it is, it is uh, uh, I mean, being recognized uh, uh, now, but uh, there are uh, difficulties uh, in bringing it to school system, for example, yeah. where you get the resources uh, to implement and there's a limit to um, how um, someone can pay for it um, and how to fit mm -hmm. it into the curriculum and all those things. These mm -hmm. are real issues to the schools, even if they want to uh, do, do this, even if they believe that this is a, a part of the uh, part of the skill set that uh, students should have. 
So that's also uh, uh, an aspect that I want to bring in. Um, there will be issues, but it doesn't mean that uh, there, are, there aren't ways that we can work around it. There are things that we all can do. Um, that's what you are doing too, right? Yeah, you, you are filling in, you saw a gap and you are filling in that gap. You're mm -hmm. not just there complaining about it. Agonizing right? over it, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, which, which brings me to a, like a more of a um, kind of an, a, a rubric type question because, and this is kind of, um, again, from my own journey, um, many of us and many kind of listeners on the Xenos podcast are end up going internationally to study abroad for their undergraduate degree. And it is for the first time that they actually leave home and are required to set up their own independent bank accounts and manage their expenses and, and cash flow. Some of the local students might take um, kind of student loans to kind of fund their lifestyle, while others might be funded by their parents or, or other, other funding bodies. But in, in every case, we will we have a set amount of money in a bank account, some of which is proportioned towards our tuition fees, most of it, to be honest, um, <laughs> so most of it is, and then another big portion is towards rent. And then finally, we have that little bit of um, uh, spending, which is available for our living costs, but also any kind of uh, activities we'd like to be involved with uh, during our university time. And it is a, I, ca I can share that it's it's quite a critical and more a very uh, weird time for many of us because we've never had that independence before. And finally, mm -hmm. we're, we're getting this, this kind of, uh, financial freedom to some extent but it, it's it's quite scary to to do the right thing and so we have two schools of thoughts right we have those who are extremely uh pedantic and rigorously budget their what they would like to do and how they would like to spend in a, in a day week month period and there are some who just just tap on a contactless payment thing and <laughs> then never think about what's left in there so uh what is the kind of the balanced approach and what's the appropriate way to be dealing with um, limited finances at, a, at such a uh, young age and, and one where you're actually not earning any money, but actually just investing in yourself because your education is, is essentially an investment in yourself. Okay. Um, th there's um, uh, a lot of psychology involved in any kind of um, uh, decision making. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to finance, uh, there are two major issues. The first one is that... Um, all your money beliefs, uh, your social norms, and all those things that goes into financial decision making, it's developed in your formative years. But you mm -hmm. don't get to actually make financial decisions until you are an adult. Mm -hmm. So there's a delay in that part. And the yeah. second issue is that all the uh, financial decisions that you make, whether it's a, it's a good decision or a bad decision, you don't see the impact until later in life. For example, the impact of saving, you don't you don't see the uh, benefits of it until you hit retirement. Okay. Some of them have a really bad impulse uh, buying habits and you don't see the impact mm. of it until you are very deep uh, in debt. So, so what you have to understand is that um, by the time you are making financial decisions, when you get to get, uh, make financial decisions, you've already developed your uh, money scripts or uh, money personalities. So you can be um, a money uh, uh, avoider or you can be uh, someone who hoards. You can be someone who's very vigilant about money or someone uh, who is a status seeker. That's what you, you, are, you are seeing um, in people around you. You're saying that there are people um, uh, who, who are very strict in uh, managing a budget. The other people, they just don't know where, where the money goes. So that, that's because of uh, the uh, money script that's already been developed. Now, the ideal um, way to manage a budget or to, to be there, there, there are many approaches, but um, 
the best way is to reach uh, um, reach a 50 30 20 rule so it, it's where uh, 50% of your all your income goes to your essentials uh, like food, rent, and all those things. 30% is uh, discretionary, and 20% is uh, saving. So th th this is the ideal situation. But when you start, you may not be there. Um, so, but that's a, that's the one that you want to do. So you can make a budget, um, a really good budget, but it doesn't mean that you have the ability to stick to it. Sure. Your money, uh, your money personality, is what's going to. Uh, I love you to stick to it. So it's very important to find out uh, what kind of money personality domi uh, dominates in you. There, there are um, assessments and quizzes that's available online that you can take and to mm -hmm. see where, where you fit in. And uh, the other thing about uh, uh, being in college and managing money is that um, your money scripts or personality may be very, very different from your roommate or the people mm -hmm. that you choose, you choose to hang out with. Yeah. So, and uh, they have a huge impact on how uh, your money script evolves. So, so that means uh, they also have a huge impact on how you achieve your goals and how much you, how much time and energy you have left to do um, your studying as well. So it's not really uh, being able to make a budget. You can go very detailed into it. It's, it's actually very advisable that you go very detailed when you are tr trying to draft the budget in the first mm -hmm. place. But you have to understand that uh, sticking to it is uh, is difficult, and you have to know yourself uh, first to be able to do that. Otherwise, you'll just uh, lose the whole uh, uh, you, you'll lose faith in the the whole process of budgeting and um, managing personal uh, finance and all that. So uh, that's my advice: fifty, thirty, uh, twenty rule. Mm -hmm. But um, know know yourself um, and uh, work yeah. on work on it too. Yeah, I mean that's very very insightful. I, I mean, as you spoke, I'm like, wow, these are these are things which make so much sense, especially when you talk about how our formative years inform our decision or money patterns, and then we only receive the results in a very delayed fashion. And if you think about um, the the reducing attention span of of Gen Z, um, we it it doesn't make sense. You know, we want to have immediate reward. That's that's and any form of delayed reward is is actually difficult to to accept. And it maybe it was possible. Uh, maybe it, it still is, but I mean, it's getting harder and harder for younger people to to appreciate what the benefits of investment because they're not tangible, they're not immediate. Um, and the other point about um, our external factors, and you're absolutely right, there are so many, the, the groups and friends you start to make are, are so critical to how you develop. And um, it might be worth pointing out that, you know, we might be spending time with uh, with our with our roommates or our flatmates and, you know, we, we do everything together. We go do groceries together. We, we hang out and enjoy ourselves and go out to, you know, do other certain activities. Um, but our financial situation may be very, very different. And because of this um, almost like personal veil which exists when we talk about money, you know, some people may be really well off or they might have additional funds to rely on or safety nets to 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 leverage others might not and it's difficult to, to and it always has been historically too but it's difficult to talk about money you won't be really able to say to your friend that hey actually you know what i can't spend this much because this is happening um and so we might be forced you know with, through peer pressure to be spending more or less mm -hmm. um yeah. so it's it's I'm, I'm just kind of like um uh, no other comments but just to kind of highlight these these points you're absolutely correct and and these are things that young people face on a, on a very regular basis as they as they head towards this kind of a more of a 
more freedom in how they spend and, and save money. Dr. Mena, would you like to add anything to that? Um, just something, it's it's not easy to save uh, at that stage of your life, and maybe you might not even think about it, about it, but it's very, very, very important that even if it's just a one pound, once you've mm -hmm. decided that I'm going to save, then I'm going to save, and I'm going to start saving, and you don't have to go, your aim could be 20% of what your income is, but yeah. you can start 1%, 5%, and then gradually, but the idea is that I will save and I will not think about it. That does not exist. So when that doesn't exist, you will mm -hmm. you will then try to live with what you does exist. Yeah. yeah. So you have to. That's that's one. That's the basic I would give because even if you like you say you have peer pressure and so forth, um, in the end you're going to be the one. You have to talk to yourself and to, you know, I'm the one who's going to be suffering long term. Yeah. I, they might be around. They might not be around. So it's just I have to confront right now and maybe be in an awkward situation, but later on i would this would come to my benefit and it's very most and it's it's i think what helps is if you once it's put aside don't even think about it it's very rare that i will go back to it so so if it doesn't exist yeah. you will not you will not it will um you will not hurt you to go on to, to that to sort of dig into that pot and then sure. a pound and a pound and a pound each month and even if you don't your your income is very little but the habit of having to save something yeah is is it, you're building it at that stage so that when you Absolutely. do gen start generating greater income you don't go on a spending thrift you've got to the habit that a part of it has to be put one side okay yeah uh, to me that's the simplest i can give i mean when you come to budgeting that is a must in a sense yeah when it comes to saving though what what are you and i know there's a lot um a lot of kind of conversations going on in global trends around things like cryptocurrency, talking about um, NFTs and investment and that sort of things. Um, people are really jumping on the bandwagon without actually knowing a lot of the, the kind of the details behind it. So there is obviously the, the point on saving, but when you're, when you share this kind of advice of saving, do you also um, advise us to be thinking about investment at such an age or when is it appropriate to be thinking about these things? Um, and what are the, what options are there in terms of investment uh, at at that, that at that type of age? Um, uh, when you're talking about investment, um, uh, let's try to answer the three questions. Um, uh, why why would you need to invest? Um, how do you invest? And uh, what is it that you need to invest on? So the first question, why you need to invest? That's the uh, easy question because if you don't invest. Um, Whatever that you are saved, it, it'll lose in value because of inflation. So it's um, the, the short answer is you need to invest. But uh, when it comes to how do you invest, uh, mm. the first thing is um, get to a point where you are capable of uh, doing a little bit for a uh, little bit of investment. And by that I mean um, know what, what investment is first, because um, it's it's one of the sources of investment. Uh, I mean sources of income. You, there are so many other sources of income, like um, uh, the salary and wages that you get from your employment, yeah. uh, or that you get from your business uh, yeah. and rental income and all those things. These are sources of income and investment is just one, one of it. So to get to a point where you can uh, make investments, that's the first point. Um, and uh, it means that you have to be able to, from whatever that you earn, you have to be able to pay for all your expenses. Number two, yeah. you have to have an emergency fund, which means if you're if you're yeah. single, it means that you would have to have about three to six months uh, as an uh, emergency fund. But if you have dependents, it should be more than that. 
And the third thing uh, is um, you need to have your debt under control. Like those, those that that has a high uh, interest, like credit cards and personal loans and all those things, you mm -hmm. need to clear them out. And uh, the 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 uh, debt payments for like mortgages or uh, car payments, these these are okay because there's an asset tied to it and the uh, interest rate is a bit low, so they are okay. So it's what you can invest is everything after what what is left over after uh, attending to all those things. Yeah. Now. Um, if you are, I mean, whatever that's left off, um, you still need to think about um, where you want to invest. Um, if you are going to make any big life decisions uh, within the next two to five years, like uh, buying a house or starting a family, then you need to save up that amount and invest it in uh, um, a more uh, liquid form. So it may be fixed deposits or money market or something that's, uh, that's easily available that you can cash out. Mm -hmm. uh, it's what's left after that you need to invest in uh, I mean you you can invest in uh, uh, long-term fu funds uh, uh, other long-term like stocks uh, uh, or bonds or mutual funds or other things when it comes to uh, cryptocurrency and other things what you need to understand is that um, these are um, they are volatile they are high risk so you have to be able to take the risk associated with those investments if you are considering those. So uh, that's the uh, first part of how you should invest. The second uh, part of how uh, is that, are you going to do it yourself or uh, are you going to hire uh, an, a professional to do it for you? Mm -hmm. So in either case, you have to educate yourself with the basic investment terminology and how to do it and everything. Um, if you're going to do it uh, uh, your, uh, by yourself, you need to uh, learn uh, about the investment, uh, the ways to do investments. And mm -hmm. um, and one of the most important things is know, know about yourself as well. So if, if you are someone uh, like who, who reacts really badly uh, to movements in a stock market, then maybe mm -hmm. you shouldn't uh, uh, do it by yourself. Maybe you should hire some uh, professional to do it. Yeah. But even if you are... Uh, uh, approaching a professional, you should be uh, you should be able to answer the questions they ask. And one of the questions they ask is, uh, "What kind of risk that you can take, and uh, 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 what is your um, risk appetite, and all those things?" And you need to be educated enough to answer those questions. Mm -hmm. You also need to be educated enough to ask questions um, to them, like about the fees and, and costs, and um, you know what they are doing with your money, and uh, all those things. So. If you are into investment, there's no uh, escape. You need to be educated. You need to learn about these things. Now, it, uh, what what do you want to invest in? Um, there are so many uh, types of investments out there. But uh, to give you to give a very short answer, it should be something that gives you the maximum diversification. You can't invest in one company or one industry. That, that, that that's not safe. Uh, you should also invest in things that will get, give you the maximum tax benefits. And uh, you should uh, educate yourself. Um, and uh, whatever that you invest in uh, should be something that's compatible with your values. Um, these days, we, we don't want to invest in um, things that are uh, or, um, assets that are only about generating profit. We want to uh, invest in things that are, uh, that are uh, sustainable. Uh, those they are those that are trying to make a uh, good uh, uh, impact uh, to the world 
So these are the things that you need to consider if you want to get into the domain of investing. There's no, uh, there's no other way. You need to educate yourself. Amazing. Uh, my, my, my mathematician brain is, is really happy because that was a very algorithmic answer in how you approach uh, each step <laughs> along the way. Dr. Mona, anything to add on that? Uh, just, uh, just to, um, she touched on it already, but with regards to the risk you're going to take, you mm -hmm. have to, when you educate yourself regard, uh, to what risks are involved, you can buy stocks, but then whether you're going to, there's a risk and I'm going to buy it for, for its appreciating value, I'll buy low, sell high, or there's a, I'm going to buy it to keep and then, get, and then I'll have a, a regular income coming in from the dividends. Yeah. Uh, but, and that's disregarding which stock you choose. The other thing is that how, when you, what assets generate your income? You and then there are, I mean, you could buy, invest in a car or invest in a, in a house that isn't an asset, but it's not going to be generating income if you're going to be living in it. It's going to be sure. causing you, they're going to be expenses, not income coming in. Yeah. So you can't, it'll be, it'll be something I save towards and I, and I will buy that house, but it will not, then it will not part, be part of my portfolio that will generate me income, my investment portfolio that will gener be generating me income because I'm going to be living in it rather than. Uh, renting it yeah. so that that needs to be put into perspective because uh you might say okay i'm investing in a house you're you investing in a house to live in is different than you're investing in a house that you're going to be renting yeah it's, it's not it's not going to be income uh, generating income so this this when you educate yourself in these little things you know i'm not it's not as much as technical but these general awareness then helps you to to make better decisions and then looking at and um looking at your cash flow better of course. Because like you say, cash flow is key. Yeah. Mm. yeah. In, a, in a personal capacity as well as, as a startup yeah. or business capacity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I want to uh, bring us to the final question that I have. And I appreciate that it's a little bit uh, abstract, but at the same time, both of you have had such diverse experiences across, across your illustrious careers that I'd love to kind of just get a little bit of uh, insights into young people who are, who are thinking about the finance field in general as something that they would like to pursue uh, a career in. What are the kind of um, what are the areas that you've you experienced, and what are, what what are these key areas that they can get involved with? And also, can the second question is what what piece of advice do you have when when you when entering this kind of this job market? Uh, Doctor Manel, I'll start with you. Um, you there's two sides of it. You can work on the technical side of it, where you're direct, dealing directly with the finance, and you go into investments, investment finance, management, uh, trading, uh, brokerage, uh, financial planning, corporate finance, working with banks, capital market, and financial institutes. So that's you. Then you are more technical. Mm -hmm. Or you could go to the other side, uh, which were uh, the, uh, which is less technical in a sense, uh, but you're aware of the technical matters and, and so forth and that's the, the path i took where you work with the uh, and the governance side and the regulators and regulatory authorities mm -hmm. and that's uh, and where they set the playing field for that for the financial sector yeah and within that you have the banking regulators and the capital market security regulators they look at things from two different two different perspectives the banks regulators they look at it from uh, the perspective of fi the financial stability of the bank Whereas the capital market security, they look at it from the perspective of an investor protection. So depending on your interest and your personality, mm -hmm. uh, which route you want to take. I found that, you know, uh, the, the financial market uh, sector interested me, it was more dynamic and things. But the technical aspect, I didn't want to, I didn't feel like I, it was me to deal with it on a daily basis. I see. 
So either you then shift towards and you go to and you try and you I try I started there, but then I moved. I found that I enjoyed more with regards to setting standards and you know working, getting uh, increasing enhancing the uh, profession the professionalism in the industry itself. Mm -hmm. So and governance and compliance. So it depends you on your personality what you like. So I mean you could enter, but you would need to have the technical knowledge because when you do set, if you go even into regulations or so forth, you need to understand it. Yeah. And you need and it'll help if you have worked in the in the field itself because then you can see when you come to set regulations and so forth how how it will how what impact that will have and how they will be able to handle it. So it's like. Getting an idea, you have to get get to get an idea, but then you decide when you where you want to continue. Depend, it depends on your personality and how, what what interests you. Amazing. Sure, I'd like to kind of pose the same question to you and actually build it up a little bit further to say, what sort of degrees feed into these these type of fields in terms of university degrees? There, there, there's a, a lot. Um, uh, it, it can be accounting and finance. It can be behavioral economics and finance. Um, uh, investment and uh, analysis and uh, there are so many things that uh, you can do uh, whatever it is that you uh, that, that that interests you mm -hmm. but i would say um all these uh, degrees except uh, behavioral economics and finance um they are more towards uh, um i i don't want to say it's um yeah. it's, it's more towards uh, capitalism and all those things but um hmm. it's 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 it, it is around uh, profit maximization. Yes. So, yeah. But what uh, we, we are seeing right now with millennials and Gen Zs and uh, the, it's the alphas, right? The, the lo, 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 uh, I mean, the youngest. So they are more into uh, value, uh, values and sustainable development and all those things. So maybe these degrees um, uh, in uh, the finance education, they may not give you um at, at this uh, current moment they may not give you um the background for financial decision making that mm. that is compatible with these these areas so uh, even if you go into these fields um do educate yourself in um yeah. what you want to do uh, uh to bring bring uh you know some, some sort of change some sort of impact because that that's what we all are trying to do now. Uh, we, we don't want profit maximization. It shouldn't be the only goal. There should be um, uh, making a positive impact with whatever that you are trying to do. So that that's uh, one thing that I want to add. It's moving towards that, um, especially yeah. finance. Uh, it's moving towards yeah. that, but it's not um, at a place where you can easily say, okay, this is the way to go. This is how you do it. Mm -hmm. So that's it. Yeah. That's very helpful. Yeah. Um, I think this has been an incredible episode. I think I've had a masterclass in financial literacy, investment, spending, and everything, <laughs> everything finance related. I really appreciated both of your times. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, and to the listeners. Thank um, yeah, thank you so much, and to the listeners, thank you for joining. And make sure to keep uh, posted on our different social media accounts uh, to to know when our next episode will be going live. So thank you very much. Take care. Bye. 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 Thank you. And that's another episode of the Tomato Tommy. If you'd like to ask your questions and join us live next week, join the Xenos Discord server. The invite link is in the description. And to learn more about Xenos and how a bunch of students are on a mission of making quality education accessible to all, go to xenos.org. Bye for now.